This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Let's give you another conversation. The Public Service Commission statement uh, came out on the COVID-19 pandemic and the recent unrest uh, on destruction of property and loss of life in the country and the implications for the public service. And no doubt it really calls into question the entire issue of the capable state, whether or not we are seeing it. I'm joined by a commissioner at the Public Service Commission on the line, Pumelele Monday. Good morning and welcome to Power Talk. Good morning, Lukona. Thank you very much for this opportunity that Power FM has given to the Public Service Commission. Thank you so much for making the time this morning. Uh, you have issued out this statement. Perhaps just give us a, before we get into the specific details, just give us a, a, a broad take of the Public Service Commission. I'm sure as commissioners, you have had to put your heads together following the unrest, but also you probably have had to put your heads together just monitoring uh, the broad response by government to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, Lukona. In fact, the, just just before we get to the statement, we've actually been at, at it right from the beginning first of the COVID-19 pandemic. We, we realized that at the heart of response to a pandemic like this, mm. of course, is an agile and a, a a public service that is responsive to the to the needs of of, of the citizens. So even before the statement, actually, mm. we we identified the lead departments like your social development, like small small business, and we said to them, look, let's work together. Let's see what innovative arrangements you've put in place but also let's see how you're not only looking at responding to the COVID-19 now Mm. but how those innovations you would have put in place in terms of communication in terms of business processes you're also going to keep even beyond the pandemic so we even got together those heads of departments in those departments Got a, 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 a around around the table, asked them, pulled those lessons together, and we've actually pulled them into a report, yeah. which you will find to be very a good read on our website, Lukona, mm. so that we could be documenting this experience because this is not the first pandemic we're Absolutely. going to have, so that you can draw from this experience. So when the added V, which is the violence, so we, we were at it with the first V, which is the virus. So when the added V, which is the violence, also added oil, as it were, into this challenging and messy stuff, we then issued a statement that you are talking about now yes. to, to then put out a reminder that also we were mindful as we were issuing this statement that also the public servants themselves are affected by this pandemic. Absolutely. Some of them at a very high level. Just in Gauteng alone, the second HOD was being buried the other day. Mm. And, and, and in, the, in every sector, senior, junior, middle management public servants have either been ill or have passed on. 
if not their family. So we were quite mindful of that to send that word that says, we are with you as you are going through this. However, you are also the people we have to be also working innovatively in responding to the people's needs, even in the middle of all that. So we were quite, we're doing this because we have a mandate in terms of Chapter 10 of the Constitution to ensure that the public service during and outside the pandemic works in a way that is responsive, works in a way that is ethical, and works in, in, in the way that continually innovates in terms of the way it it gives uh, the, the, the public. I mean, at, at the start, you spoke about an agile and responsive public service, but I know that as the commission, you also make uh, observations as to what is it that continues uh, to probably create a crisis and uh, become a barrier to achieving this agile and responsive public service. What are some of the issues that uh, you are grappling with as the commission and trying to, you know, make sure that you talk to uh, these lead departments, but uh, the, gov- the public sector... As, as widely as possible. What are some of the issues that you are identifying as the commission as uh, uh, holding us back from achieving this agile and responsive public service? There are a number of them. Um, uh, 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 some of them are just what we, you would cluster in, as, uh, in, in the professional space, just at the mm. level of professionalism. And I'm not talking about only um, uh, skills in terms of the, the certificates that people have or the qualifications, but professionalism in terms of just the, the understanding that you are there first and foremost to serve. Mm. So those are some of the things where you find that even now in the pandemic, it's quite easy for people to say, oh, we are working off-site, and not think about, yes, you are working off-site because we are interested in your health and also in the health of those you serve. But the basic thing, like, once you are working off-site, if the phone calls come through, how do you make use of the readily available technologies so mm. that either you leave a message that says if you... If you're looking for this department or this section, this is the person to call. So people just curl on this thing of working off-site and therefore leave phones ringing and not think about enabling the citizen to still reach you although you are working off-site. That's just one of those Mm. simple things. The second one is, those who are responsible for recruitment, you you put out an advert that says, here are the opportunities in government, but this is where you must hand deliver a CV. Right? What does that say? Why, first of all, how does anybody expose themselves and take two taxis and a bus to go and deliver a CV yes. for you to to, 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 to receive and how do you not even think about those junior officials in HR, in admin who are going to have to be plowing through these documents, exposing themselves 
further in, in to, to 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 the virus. Mm. And who are they going to find, even if it was acceptable to hand deliver, when everyone else or even half the workforce is working offside? So just as a professional says, those just things that actually don't need more resources or additional resources, but just working differently. And while you are working differently, thinking about why primarily you are there. You are there to serve. Therefore, even as you protect yourself, think about how else the citizen will still reach you Mm. while you are maintaining that. So that's just the first thing. The second one would be the group that you would call just ethical conduct. Ethics. I mean, to hear a report from the AG saying when they were auditing, so many public servants also had applied for 350 grand. Mm. It's absolutely disgusting. So you find that even in the area of ethics, you find that people have actually done things as hard, never mind helping themselves with things like PPE. I'm just talking at just at the level of not even thinking about the fact that you already earn a salary, why on earth would you still be signing yourself up? Absolutely. To 350 to deprive somebody who has no bread on on, on the table. Um, yeah, okay, sorry. I, I just want to get to, to something, uh, but I just want to call on our listeners if they want to be part of this conversation. While I still have you on the line, they can dial through on 0861-987-000. We are talking to the Public Service Commission, uh, just looking at a statement that they've issued on the pandemic and recent unrest. Uh, I mean, uh, the Minister of Police has just updated the country uh, on something that you touch on in the statement, which is really... Uh, heartbreaking story with uh, what happened in, at, at Phoenix and I know you are quite familiar with the uh, province of KwaZulu-Natal and you probably have uh, broader insights about you know some of even the historic uh, causes of what we saw in Phoenix now we uh, were told that uh, uh, the Phoenix massacre as some people have called it has claimed the lives of 36 people uh, 30 of those who were killed were shot, uh, two were bent to death, one was stabbed and another was run over by a motor vehicle Two others died from assault wounds. I mean, we can talk about racial tensions in the province of KwaZulu-Natal until uh, the kingdom comes. But what happened in Phoenix, uh, certainly no doubt, uh, is uh, heartbreaking and uh, in a very senseless crime. And you talk about it in the statement as well. Uh, you know, the reported incidents there saying they are a matter of grave concern that needs urgent intervention and justice. What what type of, uh, perhaps, perhaps give us your take in terms of how we got here. And then uh, after that, we can talk about what type of intervention and justice uh, are we talking about here? I'm glad you brought in the element of KwaZulu-Natal corner because Matthias, one of the commissioners based at the national office, I'm also overseeing KwaZulu-Natal right mm. now because since Professor Sitole left, the oh, okay. commissioner there, Left for 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 the University of Three State, I've been overseeing, but the process of getting the new commission yes. is now quite advanced. Okay, so I'm glad you've raised that that issue. I do not want to get in in into the 
to the politics of of of, of what happened there mm. says to say that that incident is a stark reminder of the importance of all of us seeing this journey of nation building and seeing the constitution particularly chapter 2 of the constitution which reminds us about the fundamental values that underpin our new democratic uh, society things around human dignity Mm. around the primary fundamental rule of law and life, preserving life as a fundamental human value. It, it reminds us that the, 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 when we all signed up to this document in 1996, it was not an event. Mm. It must be a journey. It must be a GPS, if you like, of just navigating us as to how far or how close we are to our aspiration of being a society that is guided by that beautiful document. So I I think the sad thing about this violence, the second V, which added the mud in the first V of the of, of the virus is that it really took us back and, and took us 20 steps back from this journey of, 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 of creating a non-racial society. Because you can see what, what happens when you have a situation which actually begins to open the wounds that we try and heal every day, whether those wounds are the wound, mm. wound of poverty or inequality, because some of the people really don't even know why they were involved in that whole thing. It's because they were mobilized, because they are in society, they are hungry. But also when you begin to open the wounds which of building non-racialism, particularly in that province, because there's always been those tensions sometimes between the African society and the Indian society, which has become, which has been part of this journey of, of building this this, this non-racial mm. society. If you have people whipping the emotions, whether it's on the African society side or in the Indian society, like whipping those emotions of of, of division, then it becomes the, the wound gapes again instead of all of us working together to heal it. Where does the public service come in yeah. there, which is our mandate? The public service then comes in there because underpinning any healing, when you walk into any public space, whether it's an office of SASA, whether you are an official that is in the security services, or you are in hospital receiving those who have been injured, you ought then to become part of the process of healing. You can't then become part of the problem that's standing in attitude or in the way you treat those patients who have been injured in that situation by the way you act, by the way you talk. 
as a public servant, but, you then become the primary but, but, hope. But this would have lost hope. But this is beyond just you know the people who will receive or te- or render services. Surely, as the public service commission, you have an idea of what justice should look like in this particular Phoenix matter, and uh, how will you be holding accountable uh, the work of those law enforcement agencies to ensure that there is material justice for the families uh, whose loved ones have really been lost at the uh, hands of senseless crimes and. Senseless Less, uh, dare I say, possible uh, racial hate as well. You will realize, Lucona, that the Constitution has created a bouquet of other constitutional bodies. We are not the only ones playing the role in this space. I am talking in the space of the public service and receiving my colleagues in the Human Rights Commission who are in the forefront of dealing with that matter as a human rights issue. We are working together. And as a matter of fact, even before we issued this statement, mm. we met as in the forum of institutions supporting democracy, looking at our respective roles. So as we are talking here, we are well aware, we've shared amongst ourselves who is doing what in this space. What is the Public Service Commission doing what is the public protector doing? What are we doing? So each and every, there's not one of us that can deal with this matter. In that forum, that bouquet of institutions supporting democracy that have been created by the Constitution, we each all doing our bit. We are doing our bit guided by Section 195 and 196 mm. of the Constitution. The, public, the, the Human Rights Commission guided by Chapter 9 of the Constitution, and we are working and collaborating and coordinating together. We are reminding the public servant, which is our mandate, of the constitutional values that underpin what they should do, the rule of law, treating everyone with human dignity, being responsive to the needs of the community and acting ethically, and using the resources of the state economically if you look at that 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 mandate of ours we're coming in there the human rights commission is given the responsibility of the progressive realization of social economic rights which begins to even address the poverty so that we don't find our society being just the easy prey of those who want to divide us but also securing human rights the public protector comes in from a different angle the Gender Commission looks at it with a gender lens. You would have heard them, for example, saying, we're not happy with the way that women in particular have been targeted in the state. So you can see we're all working together, bound by Chapters 9 and 10 of the Constitution, each coming from our competitive uh, advantage. Okay. So you would understand why. I am more coming on the on side the, on of, the side of the public service service and come in so that they are an enabler and part of a, a building block and give hope in that space. Okay, so let me go to the line. Little Honolo is with us on zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. Good morning to you. Uh, how's it? I'm well. How are you? Thanks, thanks. Uh, interesting topic indeed. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my 
opinion as a, a, a 49-year-old South African. Mm. I've been part of this uh, new dispensation, but I just want to ask Ms. Nzimani. Yeah, you are flexing there. You are like, I'm, I'm not a beginning in this new dispensation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to put you in your place. Yes. <laughs> but, bro, listen, you know, when you visit any of government departments, yeah, I, I'm talking as a businessman that is prepared to you know, invest in our country, but the problem that we have is the, the ethics that Ms. Nzimande mentioned about the public servants to say that yeah. they emphasize on issues of ethics, but we don't see it, you know, happening as as, 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 as customers of government services. Mm. How else would they strengthen that? And two, um, we see executive branch of government that keeps reaping rewards, whereas we are told that um, you know, the, the, the junior staff or the public servants themselves cannot receive um, any, any salary increment. I know mm. it's not her competence, but what is her opinion insofar as taming that ethical conduct of the junior staff of the public servants? Okay. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Little Honor. I mean, there's some important points being raised there. We've even had, uh, you know, Abu Batu as the Bible of public service and so on. But people still say we don't see this conduct manifest in reality. Thank you very much to the caller because he's really raised a fundamental point. You know, we make a point in the statement that it this is going to take all of us as society to work at this. The, the, the ethical conduct we are rightfully demanding of of the public service has to the journey really has to start at home. I have to start in my house in stealing amongst my children what is expected of them to deal with a human being. First of all, treating everyone equally. I've got to say, my child, when somebody walks into this house, You've got to respect them in the same way as you would if President Ramaphosa were to walk into this house. It starts there. By end, if we go to a church or to any other formation you have in society, that message has to carry through, carry mm. through, through the school. Through, by the time they become public servants, and we throw that section 195 at them in terms of wow, they are expected to treat those citizens. It must be to add and steal the journey and the understanding that they've had all the way. Just before we run what out of time. I, what am I saying? We have to have all hands on the deck to have a citizenry that appreciates that that fundam- fundamental human dignity is not something that someone is going to learn just because they are a just, be, just before I let you go, are you happy with the ethical conduct of the executive, uh, though? Because I know in the statement you also call for a mechanism to be developed to mediate uh, differences and conflict between the public servants and executive authorities. Are you happy with the ethical conduct of executive authorities? authority are part of this society that we're crying out out loud for. 
that everyone in their sphere of 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 influence must must act with high degree of integrity. They themselves have their own issues that they need to, to sort out. Just at the level of ensuring of ensuring that we 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 see and we we we, we watch them act ethically. But you know what we said with the Public Service Commission, and we, we are delighted that the National School of Government has taken this up. We realize that South Africa, we are the only country where somebody just, just because they've been appointed at an executive authority level, we don't make sure that we train them for that, for that position. Okay, so Pamela, I'm out of time, unfortunately. Yes. In, in China, you do not set foot in that office until you are locked for two weeks in the school of government. So I, that by the time you get there, you know what's expected. I, I think we need to. We need, we need a, we, to we, do that. We are delighted. We, we need. We need a separate conversation. We need a separate conversation for that one, and I will definitely make sure that we invite you and talk about how to initiate executive authorities. But thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and please let's all have hands on the deck, instill ethical conduct, make the understanding of the Constitution, and look treating ourselves with human dignity, thank you. the thank rule you. of law from our home. That's Commissioner, Public Service Commission, Pumilele Nzimbande. Thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.